0: All right, this if you're reading this, it's too late. Chapter 5, The Concert. Page 316. As far as Cass could tell, she hadn't been grounded since she'd been back from the mountains. She was never officially ungrounded, but she, had tol- she and her mother seemed to have some kind of unspoken agreement to drop the pre- pretense of punishment. But a concert, an unchaperoned concert, was another matter altogether. Cass had to draw on all her creati- creativity to convince her mother to let her go. First, she tried the obvious. Yo, yo, Yoji's and Max Ernest's parents are letting them. Do I look like er- Max Ernest's mom? You're lucky I let you go anywhere these days, Cast, Then, Cast tried playing the girl card. It's because I'm a girl and you don't want me to. Because that really, that's really sexist. I can't believe that you would be such a male chauvinist. Don't even go there, Cassandra. I was fighting sexism before you could. You were a blink in my eye. Finally, she hit it. She hit on it. Plus, Yo Yoji's turning 13 tomorrow, so it's like his bar mitzvah but he's japanese so he's not really having one and the only thing he wants to do is go to the skeleton sister concert with me and max Ernest. i can't disappoint him he loves the skeleton sisters (laughs) he hates them a lie yes but i hope you agree a whitish one after all she didn't know for certain that it wasn't his birthday As for Max Ernest's parents, they were delighted that he would want to go to a concert. For years, he'd never gone anywhere, and now he was practically a world traveler. Maybe you aren't agro, an agro, oh agoraphobic. Maybe you aren't agoraphobic anymore," said his mother. "Maybe you kicked that old agoraphobia," said his father. In fact. They were so delighted that they fought over the chance to take the three kids to the stadium where the Skeleton Sisters were performing. The entrance to the stadium was so crowded, the kids almost wished they would had a grown up with them to help them push through. When they finally managed to reach the front of the line, an usher looked at their tickets suspiciously. Row A, huh? Funny you guys don't look like big shots. You got famous parents or something? Uh, yeah, said Yo Yoji. Really famous, asked, added Cass. I'll bet. Some of us have to work for a living. Oh, so I guess they're like really big deal tickets. You're in the lounge down there, he gestured in the direction of the stage. They thanked him and headed off before he could question them further. The lounge wasn't really a lounge, more than their seats were seats. It was a roped-off area right beneath the stage, furnished with tables and chairs, rugs and couches, even though it was outdoors. Inside the ropes, our three friends could see the music industry types in shiny black clothing and a very few lucky kids talking and mingling as if they were a big at a big party not a concert waitresses wearing twin heart pink t-shirts circulated handing out free twin hearts cupcakes and a bag of skeleton sister stuff oh gosh they're all gonna eat the cupcakes that have something in them a burly bouncer in a silver well, jumpsuit. actually just real. Cupcakes. Yeah, that's true. It could just be regular cupcakes. And they're just trying to be nice by giving out cupcakes that's true. to little kids Because they, they tasted it and it had too much sugar. Ah, crumbum. A burly bouncer in a silver jumpsuit spoke our hero's names into the headset, then lifted the red velvet rope and then let them past the sign that said VIP Lounge. What's VIP mean? Max Ernest asked. It's not VIP dummy. Oh, what's VIP mean? It's not VIP dummy. It's VIP. Very important person, said, said Amber, standing nearby with Veronica and a brand new sock roach dangling from each of their wrists. But I guess you, won't know, you wouldn't know that, would you, Max Ernest? No offense. Max Ernest's friends glared at Amber. Veronica giggled as if Amber had said something witty. Who's the sixth ticket go-to, I wonder? Amber turned to Yo Yoji. I thought you said you were bringing your bandmates from Japan. They couldn't get here in time, said Yo Yoji. He shrugged innocently. Well, anyways, I'm glad you're here, said Cass. I'm glad you're here, Cass, said Amber. You know, we really couldn't have done it without you. Before Cass could ask who we were and what they couldn't have done without her, make a sock roach, maybe? Amber continued. You should really try a cupcake. They're amazing. And then she sailed off with Veronica on the other side of the lounge. I know, I think they like give them brain control or something. Everyone was yelling and cheering and whistling. The girls, as young as five and six, screamed at the top of their lungs. Even their parents hooted a bit. So many glow sticks waved in the air. It looked like a plague of the phosphorescent locusts had descended from the stadium. Our friends looked up at the stage to see what had provoked such a ruckus. A giant heart made of hundreds of bright, pink light bulbs had just lit up the skeleton sisters in matching silver miniskirts stood up on stage waving to the crowd the lounge was so close to stage that the light was blinding i think my retinas are burning yelled max ernest outside the lounge she frenzied the frenzied skeleton sister sisters fans pressed against the velvet rope more bouncers in silver jumpsuits lined up like soldiers to keep them out as their band started to play a pounding beat the skeleton sisters somersaulted off of the heat into the waiting oh. hands of two more silver clad young men. I think I know the um, third person that um, the girls invited. Who? Fizz Benjamin. Oh my, how are you so brilliant? Because they wanted him. Shut up. Whoa. I think I might have just cracked the code. I think you cracked a code. I think my eardrums are bursting, yelled Max Ernest, eyeing the giant speakers only a few yards away. Hey, everybody, having fun? Romy, or was it Montana? Shouted to the crowd. To kick off the night, we've got a special treat for you. Our brand new single never performed before. Oh, no. It's going to be the song that um, the sound prison plays. Oh, no, Said Cass, to no one in particular, what's wrong? I can't believe it. It's like I'm having a nightmare. A dozen dancers in big fuzzy sock roach costumes had appeared on stage. Cass's sock monster had brought been brought larger to life in a dozen fluorescent colors. What if the third, um... Mm-hmm. What if the third, um... Yeah? What if the third guest might be the, um... Homunculus? Yes. Oh, gosh. Brought to larger than life... Um, in a dozen fluorescent colors and to introduce the song we'd like to bring on stage our special guest amber the winner the winner of our you've got to you've got the music in you contest said Romy. amber looking smugger than ever was lifted onto stage by one of the bouncers you're on girlfriend said montana handing amber a microphone hi this is such an amazing honor Romy and montana's new song is called come on come on it's a special for it's a special message for someone special," said Amber confidently as she spoke into the crowds of hundreds every night, as if she spoke into the crowds of hundreds of, every, of hundreds every night. And I think it's their best song ever. Then she turned back to Romeo and Rontana. Go, girls! What a, oh God! I could not be friends with her. What a moron! Amber, no I'm like cringing. cringing. As the Skeleton Sisters started to sing, the giant sock roaches waved their multicolored arms and danced in circles. Yo, seriously, this music sucks worse than anything I've heard in my life. yo Yoji grumbled to his friends. I can't stay. It's a crime. Like helping somebody commit murder or something. Let's bail. He's right, said Max Ernest. I think this music is going to cause permanent brain damage. No, wait, listen. Why? You don't actually like this song, do you? Yo-G asked. yo Yoji asked incredis- incredulously. How can you stand it? And they ripped off your sock, Monster. Just listen for a second, Cass said. Doesn't it remind you of something? Her friends concentrated. Mostly sounded mostly sounded like anything other than bubblegum song but when they listened closely a familiar tune underneath not as eerie and as beautiful as they remembered it before but mistakenly ne- nonetheless it's a song of the sound prison said max Ernest. i knew it with growing horror the children listened to what the skeleton sisters were singing come on come on here now come on because our time is now come on can you hear it come on don't fear it listen to the sound now come on and round now because we're calling we're calling you Oh boy. Yo Yoji looked at the others. It's almost like they're talking to the homunculus. Cass finished a sentence for them. It's a trap. It's a trap to get him to come here. Max Ernest was the first to jump into action. If you call nervously, tapping to your feet, wiping your brow, we have to stop the song before he hears it. Yeah, but how? said Cass. Like this, Yo Yoji said, and he leapt onto the stage. Hey, Amber, he shouted. You still want to be in my band? Give me that mic. Before Amber realized what was happening, he grabbed the mic away from her without thinking without thinking Cass and Max Ernest sc- sc- scrambled onto the stage after Yo Yoji. Hey we know them, shrieked Romy, pointing to Cass and Max Ernest. Yeah, they're them shrieked Montana. It was, it was it was weird. What was weird is that they spoke as they spoke the song continued as if, as if they were still singing. Oh, so it was pre-recorded. Come on, come here now. Come on, because our time is now. I've got a better song. It's called You Suck at Lip-Syncing. Fakers shouted Yo-Yo-G into the, into the mic so that the entire crowd could hear. The Skeleton Sisters suck. The Skeleton Sisters suck. Cass and Max Ernest picked up the chant. They suck. They suck. Get them, yelled Romy. The Twelve cockroaches stopped dancing and started to close in on Cass and Max Ernest. Hey, Cass, look out there, Max Ernest pointed into the crowd, a spotlight shone on the center aisle where the certain 21 and inch tall creature was visible walking to the stage. He looked like another cockroach, just smaller. The audience cheered him on, straining their necks to look at this short but Mr. wonderful... It is the homunculus. No, Mr. Cabbage Face! Cass screamed, go away, it's a trap! She had no microphone and her voice was drowned by the music and the cheers of the crowd. Cass's screams had distracted... Her, their assailants long enough for Max Ernest to slip out of the circle. Quickly Cass pulled the sound prism out of her sweatshirt. Before it was gone, she grabbed the nearest sockroach and she rolled it onto Max Ernest's direction and fumbling he caught it. Yo Yoji joined them and they jumped off stage just as a grumpy homunculus was climbing up. You better have an explanation for this, he said to Cass, not realizing that her arms were pinned behind her back. i i d I don't dance, just get let's just get that clear. I'm sorry, I didn't mean I couldn't said cast tearfully by the time the homunculus had any clue what she meant. Two dancers had grabbed him from behind now and now he too was locked in the fuzzy, firm grip of a bright orange sockroach. Unhand me, you oversized baby toy, he snarled i I've, I've had bigger than you for lunch, Max Ernest and Yo yoji watched helplessly from the crowd as their twelve year old friend and 500-year-old homunculus were dragged backstage. There were too many enemies. There were many of the enemy to even contemplate a fight. The roaches dropped cast and the homunculus onto the floor in front of Miss Mavius, like dogs presenting a fresh kill to their master. Welcome to the green room. Make yourselves at home. Miss Mavius gestured grand- grandly as the dinghy backstage waiting room as if she were welcoming them to a palace. Her gauzy old gold dra- down, rippling it with every movement, palms sweating, pulsing, racing, cast looked around for a way out. There was only one door and no windows, as if deliberately mocking her. Doctor L relaxed, feet up on a long couch. A near life-size photo of a tropical beach was pasted to the wall behind them. Can I offer you something to eat? From Craft Services, asked Miss Malvius, in- indicating a long piled high with, with all kinds of food. Yep, I know. The homunculus eyed the big standing rib roast with bones sticking up in a circle, making a crown. Meat juices puddled on the plate underneath. We're almost done. I'll take some of that, he pointed to the roast, his eyes glistening. A crown roast, does it look... It does look bloody, doesn't it? You can have the whole thing if you tell us where Lord Pharaoh's grave is. So that's the crown roast, thought Cass. You'd really have to be a cannibal to find one of those appetizing. With the enormous effort, the homunculus tore his eyes away from the roast. Never, he said, practically trembling with hunger. I'd rather starve. Oh, what noble little creature you are, said Miss Marvius, hardly sneering the homunculus hardly, sneered the homunculus, but compared to you, we all have other means of convincing a person or whatever you call yourself, said Dr. L on the couch, he studied the homunculus with a scientific eye, go ahead and try, said the homunculus, no torture can compare to what I endured from Lord Farrow when I was young, and death doesn't scare me at my age, it would be a relief, you should try it yourselves, I'd rather not, said Miss Mavius, in fact, you could say I'm not dying is my life's work, we're patient and resourceful," said Doctor L. "Let's see what means of persuasion do we have on hand." As his glance fell on Cass, the homunculus, the homunculus visibly stiffened. "I think you've just found it," said Miss Mobius. Doctor L smiled grimly. "I think I did." Oh yeah, just we're gonna put band-aids on it. Don't worry, nobody had laid a hand on Cass and the other electric blue sockroach, who was still gripping her arm, who was still gripping her arm. But Doctor L's description of what he would do to her if the homunculus didn't tell them where the gravesite was was so horrifying I shudder just to think about it. And you know me. I'm as cold-hearted as they come. Imagine how Mr. Cabbage Face reacted. I know the homunculus comes off as gruff and surely sort of fellow, but remember his story. He'd been so ridiculed and abused as a child he couldn't bear to see another child treated harshly. Then there's this. Cass was the heir of the jester. When he looked at her ears, as if not her face, he saw his old friend, his only friend, the only one that he would have sacrificed it all for. All right, he said, struggling with himself. I'll tell you, just don't touch the girl. Perhaps it would have been wiser to leave Cass to whatever tortures the midnight sun might have in store. If finding Lord, for- Lord Pharaoh's grave was really going to d- be as disastrous as the homunculus predicted. But I confess I sympathize with him, and I like him better for his choice. Dr. L... As if the homunculus were confirming something he'd already known. Oh, Dr. L nodded. As if the homunculus merely confirmed something he'd already known. And Miss Mavius' face froze. mavius's fa- frozen face cracked just slightly into something like a smile. Good. Now give me the key. She said, his large hand shaking. The homunculus removed the skeleton key from around his neck. For the first time since he hung it there in centuries, to centuries ago. A moment later, hidden in the crown, Yo-Yoji and Max Ernest watched Cass and the homunculus being escorted out of the gate, surrounded by a cluster of silver-clad bouncers. We have to follow them, said Max Ernest. Well, come on then, said Yo-Yoji. The two boys made it out of the stadium just in time to see the Cass and the homunculus being pushed, a- pushed into a waiting limousine, and Miss Mavius and Dr. Al climbed in after-, after them, and a bouncer slammed the door shut. As the gleaming vehicle took off into the night, Yo-Yoji and Max Ernest ran after it, but there was no use. They could never catch up. They stood panting under the harsh lights of a huge parking lot. What do we do now? Said Max Ernest, miserable. I don't know. God, where's Owen? You think Owen could help, huh? Yeah. Wait, I just remembered. Max Ernest pulled the sound prism out of his jacket. He motioned to Yo-Yo to his side. Then turned the sound prism around to his hands. Beyond the sound of the concert behind them, they heard cars honking, babies crying. Then faintly, in snippets, the sound of Cass speaking in the distance. I can't believe, told. Whis- I can't believe, told Whisper Lake, and now the graveyard. Walking around in circles as if they were trying to get a better cell phone signal, Max Ernest managed to focus on the voices in the limo. Shush, girl. They could hear Miss Mavia say. Cass spoke in an oddly clear voice, emphasizing the words. It's too bad they won't know how to find Pietro and tell and tell him to meet us there. It's almost like she's trying to tell him. It's almost like she's trying to tell us to find him. Max Ernest shook his head in amazement. Only Cass could boss us around, even when she's a mile away. Yeah, well, she's got a good, she's got a good teammate. You mean you? No, dude. No, you, dude. Oh, said Max Ernest, grin surprising. So are you ready to go save Cass? Definitely. Without having to confer out out loud, they both started running into the direction of the nearest bus stop. We did it, and we're not going to be late to your school. Okay, guys, see you later.